Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. It's time for the Wrestling Perspective Podcast. I'm Dennis Farrell. That's Lars Fredrickson. Welcome home. Welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It was uh, it was a trip, that's for sure. But I'm home. We're super stoked to have Eric Young. I mean, here's a guy we weren't going to talk to for a long time, and now he's back on the show. Right. There's a lot to fucking talk about here, Eric. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, an interesting nine months for me. That's, that's for sure. There are many mysteries on earth. It's like Bigfoot, the Bermuda yeah. Triangle, and what happened to Eric Young from, let's say, December 1st, 2022. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, July 15th-ish, when you finally reappear out of the abyss of nowhereness. Uh, I'm going to open this up to the question everybody wants to know is uh, y- you go back up north, and while you're up there, when did you figure out that you may never be used again? Yeah, I mean, for me, it had nothing to do with use or, or the fact that I hadn't appeared on the show. Um, I still have a very good relationship with Triple H. The idea that they had planned, which has been reported online, which I can't talk about because I don't want to have to go to court, uh, was a really good idea. And uh, I was very excited about it, working with two people that I know very well um, and friendly with and something that could have been very special, in my opinion. Um, but what I signed up for the team, I signed up to play changed ownership and, uh, professionally for one personally, more important than professionally, but most important to me, morally, I can't work for a human being like that. I refuse to work for a human being like that. And I'm very lucky and blessed to be in a position to choose. And I choose not to. And, uh, that's what led me to July 11th reappearing at Slammiversary or alongside the old coach, Scott Damore. And uh, I'm a believer in fate. Um, It's one of the things I believe in most in the world. I've got it tattooed on the inside of my right arm. And uh, I'm exactly where the universe wants me to be and exactly where I want to be. Well, that's the thing that, you know, one of the things I was wondering is because you take this big leap career-wise, right? You think that you're going to, you know, certain things pan out. Now, as you return to Impact, there's obviously been a lot of growth in that company. I mean, there's it's 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 grown significantly from the time that you left and the, the time that you uh, 
that you, you know, you reappear at anniversary. Did you feel that walking in there? Did you see that? Or were you monitoring while you weren't there? Like, you know, what was your, you know, your sort of your, your first impressions coming back? Yeah, I, I think what's really cool about it is like, look, there's no secret. It's it's the, you know, it's the stepchild. It's it's the little brother. And there's there's no doubt about that. But the little brother is very gifted. Uh, the little brother has tons to offer. And if it grows and, and continues to grow, it could be a legitimate alternative. Um, it's a very special place to work. You've been around it. You know, Dennis, you've been around it. It, Scott Demore and Anthem and, and the Impact staff have created a very one-off and very unique work environment for creative people, people that have something to offer, and people that love pro wrestling. I, I fit under all those banners, I believe. So, uh, being something, uh, being part of something that's growing like that and and feels special to you, and I think feels special to the people that can watch it with open eyes without using you know past experiences or past shows or past iterations of what the product was and just taking it for what it is right now it's the best pro wrestling show on television minute to minute and when i say pro wrestling television show i mean pro wrestling television show it's written by professional wrestlers for professional wrestling fans and there is no comparison to the other two the other ones are are bigger and there's more money on the line and they're on bigger networks and there's more viewership. I'm not arguing any of that. It, you know, and lots of people are going to jump down my throat and wish cancer on me and tell me that I quit and all this other stuff. And that's fine. Uh, that's their opinion. I'll say that their opinion is very wrong. Um, but the truth is, is being part of something like that is very special and, and stepping back into, you know, a, a good role and uh, just being part of the process is the drug for me. Uh, I love that part of the business. That's always what's drawn me to it. And that's what I still love about it is the creative process and making stuff that people talk about and remember and think about. That's that's the drug. You're essentially gone for almost a whole year not to be seen anywhere. How hard is yeah. it for you either kind of to stay invested in maybe all the products the industry, because I've missed work for a year. I, Lars, I'm, I assume maybe there might have been a year in your life where you haven't picked up a guitar and then you pick it up and you're like, do I still have? No. All right. Well, then, Eric, was there that moment? Like, I, I take the time. Did you grapple? What did you do to stay invested? Um, I mean, the truth is, it is I don't, I don't watch a lot of modern wrestling. It is the honest truth, and I. I, I believe it was Daniel Bryan that said it. And, and part of the reason I don't is because I don't want what's popular or what's happening right now to affect how I approach wrestling. I'm going to approach wrestling how I've always approached it. And that's as a fan. And I'm going to do stuff that I would have wanted watched. It's impossible to make everybody happy. It is just not something that can be done in any form of art, any form of entertainment. It's just not possible. So um, I, I watch very little. Uh, the truth is, is uh, when I stepped into the ring during the day uh, in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, first anniversary, that's the that was my first time having my feet inside a ring in over nine months, and that's the longest I've gone since 1997. Um, I can say that I was slightly nervous because that's a long layoff without getting in the ring at all. The next closest was around four months with my torn ACL. Um, and I wanted to get in a ring because I had never experienced an injury like that. So I was worried about being able to move around properly and, and uh, 
what the brace would be like. I had never worked with a brace. I hated it. I only, they told me to wear it for six months. I think I wore it for two months. And I was like, I've had enough of that. And uh, it's doing well. It's still still back to 100%. But yeah, that's the longest layoff since 1997. So I was definitely nervous about it. But uh, there was a great match to get back, you know, kind of dip my feet back in. And I'm, I'm right back to full time again and, and uh, loving it. The wind's a little off. I'm not going to lie. I was sucking wind a little bit. And the first couple of bumps and hitting the ropes weren't super comfortable. But that always happens when there's any kind of a layoff from it. Your body gets pretty callous to it again right away. Well, mine always has. So it'll, you know, probably be another month until I'm kind of back up to ring shape and whatever. But um, I'm smart enough to work around that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that you are. Um, you know, you you mentioned something that that is that when I really was tuning into you is about impact being a pro wrestling TV show. And as we all know here in this podcast, there's not a lot of pro wrestling TV shows anymore. It's like, if you take a look at what the WWE is doing, it's more of a soap opera. The matches are, are very much, I, I, I st uh, saying they're secondary to the show is being right. generous. You know, it's, 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 it's actually like the afterthought. So, and then you, you take like, you know, some of these companies, the companies, the bigger companies, AEW, who, who are a completely different style. Um, they, now, you know, you see, it's, it seems to be that there's a split locker room there. And, you know, one, one, one part of, of, of the company is trying to do pro wrestling while the other ones are, are doing what they feel is the modern day pro wrestling. But I feel like there's a home for all of it. What is your opinion on all that? Because I know you've been around for a very long time. You cut your teeth in the pro wrestling business. It's obviously, you know, you know, taking its its uh, its move moves to the future. Um, but what is your, what what is your current opinion on what is being called pro wrestling today, and what we know, like myself and Dennis, because we've been watching it for you know five decades. What we know is pro wrestling. Yeah, I think it's like. Um like any kind of artistic thing or creative thing, is it just, is this going to change and it's going to uh, evolve and it's changed into something that, I mean, the reality is, is the business has never been this good. There's tons of jobs. There's, I don't know how a, like a diehard wrestling fan can watch it all. I mean, it's like 40 hours of content a week, right? Like I don't, I don't understand how anyone can consume it all. Um, I think a lot of people try. I don't know how, I don't like anything that much. Um, but I, you know, it's, I heard Terry Funk say this, he was being interviewed. Um, I guess it was just before Barely Legal, I think was their first pay-per-view. He was in the main event. It was him, uh, Stevie Richards and Sandman, I believe is a three-way. I could be wrong on that, but I know Terry Funk was definitely in the three-way. It was him and Stevie Richards. And I think it was Sandman for the world title. And they were interviewing him and asking him how he has been able to still be relevant. He's about to headline a pay-per-view for a company and they're, they're putting everything on him, right? Like ECW, it was like, if it gets buy rights, they might continue on. And if it doesn't, they go bankrupt in full. That's basically what was what the story that we were told. And I think that was true. And uh, Terry Funk said, well, I'm always going to be Terry Funk and that will never change. But the pro wrestling business changes every single day. Every time there's a show, there's something new, there's something different the fans opinions change you know the the level of of work changes what's important changes and if i don't change with that i die 
you know, and I think I, I it just floored me when I was young. And uh, I've always kind of kept that in mind. I'm always going to be Eric Young. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to have my limitations. I'm going to have my strong points and wrestling is going to evolve. So I got to figure out how to fit into that landscape. I still love it, right? Like, I mean, I've been doing it for over 30 years and the act of performing is something that I'm still obsessed with. Um, there's all kinds of bullshit that I have to deal with outside of that. That's like the smallest part of my day, but that's, you know, that's an irreplaceable drug that, that performing and for lack of a better word, manipulating a crowd to enjoy it or hate you or love you or be interested or be on the edge of their seat or boo or cheer or whatever. Like that's, there's nothing that I've experienced in my life that gives me that kind of a feeling. And as long as that feeling exists, I think pro wrestling will always be pro wrestling. And I think, like you said, like the other places, you know, one place is super divided. I, I think it's pretty obvious. It's a pretty wild place to be and to work. Uh, the other place, you know, is, is the wrestling is secondary. And I mean, they're the ones making all the money. So you can say it's right or it's wrong. Uh, so, you know, it's just all based in opinion. My opinion is pro wrestling fans still want to see pro wrestling and they watch the big boy because they've done it for generations and whether that product's good or it's bad. And I think most people that love pro wrestling would say that it's not very good right now. They watch it regardless because they always have. And the truth is, is I believe they always will. It, they always will. It's generational. Even when it's no good, there's still millions of people watching it. Sons, fathers, grandfathers. And that takes time to build that up. And they've earned that. And, you know, the, the, the man that's running it has earned that. So um, I, I'm not here to throw shade on any of it. For me, I'm right where I want to be. I could have stayed where I was, undoubtedly. Uh, the person I talked to in charge asked me to stay, but I was not interested in staying. Uh, I think I could work at, at AEW if I wanted to. Um, but the truth is, is my first choice is impact. And that's what I chose. Uh, this might be a two-parter, but uh, I'm at a bar watching Slammiversary with a guy that used to be on Team Canada with you, but we won't say his name, short little guy from Canada. Um, you come out and he turns to me and he says, you know, he's been a free agent for a long time now. I can't believe this didn't get out sooner. How the fuck did you keep this secret for so long in an age where you can't sneeze or shit your pants without any of the sheets or websites picking it up? How the fuck did you do that? I, well, part of it is under the guise of everyone knew or people that had some idea knew that I was under contract in another place. Right. And there were no fire. I wasn't fired. I, I wasn't released. I asked not to be there my own personal choice. I mean, I think you could count on how many people have done that on one hand. Um, and I'm proud to say that I'm one of them. And like I said, like not everybody is in that position. I can tell you, I, I can show you 20 messages from people that work there that were like, you know, we're so proud of you. And like, I didn't do it for anyone else except for myself. It, you know, I didn't, I did it out of pure narcissism for myself. I, it wasn't, a, the, it was making life-changing money i've got y-class flights i got first class overseas like i'm set you know i'm gonna work there for three years and probably retire and never work again a day in my life but it it just comes down to i signed up for one thing and when it was coming time to go back go to work and actually show up and do something i was going to have to work for somebody that i'm not willing to work for 
And I mean, if you're a pro wrestling fan, you can figure that out very easily. I can't say because uh, I don't want to go to court, like I said earlier. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, keeping it secret is too, is I don't, I don't talk to dirt sheet people. I don't, I, I nothing against any of them. I, you know, that's how they make a living and that's cool. I had tons of people reach out and ask me and I just said, I have not, nothing to say because I don't have anything to say. I don't, I don't view myself as important enough to be bothered. And uh, the truth is, is that worked in my benefit because there were tons of rumors, but no one really knew until I walked out on the stage. So it was uh, a very rare, special surprise in pro wrestling. Well, I kind of think that you are sort of synonymous with the impact wrestling. I think that's where you belong just because of who you are, your talent, your mind, because uh, you're a pro wrestler. Um, yeah. And but if you really think about the whirlwind of your life in the last year, you left impact on top, you go work for the number one wrestling company in the world and literally you're back into uh, it's as if you never left, but your appearance actually made it seem like you, it, it, I don't know how it's almost as you elevated yourself. Did you think, which way did you think it was going to go? Did you think like ah, people might not remember me or do you think like this could make me bigger than I ever was before I left, which I yeah, think is I, what happened. I think as a pro wrestler, like you kind of always have that in the back of your mind, right? I don't, I'm, I'm just a, some dude from tiny, some tiny town in Canada, you know, this short chubby kid that comes from nothing. And that's the truth. And I don't, I still view myself that way. I, I've been very lucky and fortunate to have a really cool job for several years. I think I offer something pretty unique. Uh, I think I have a, a very distinct view of the wrestling world because of kind of the myriad of things that I've done and kind of the versatility that I've shown over the years. Um, but the reality is, is me showing up there or not, like the pro wrestling world is just going to go on, right? Like The Rock left, Steve Austin left, Hulk Hogan left, everyone's like, oh no, what's going to happen? Well, it, it's just, it's just making more money than it ever has, right? Like it's pro wrestling isn't going anywhere. It's just going to keep going. There'll just be another person. Um, I believe that I elevate the product where I'm at. I, I believe I would have elevated the product wherever I'm at because I'm, if nothing else, I'm a model employee. I show up on time. I'm, I'm very good at what I do. I work hard with whatever I'm given and I've produced results for over 20 years and, you know, to varying levels of success. But I don't know if there's a lot of people that can say that they've seen the card from every angle. Like I have, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, right. I don't know if there's a person more versatile, maybe ever in wrestling. And I think that's my favorite feather in my cap. I'm a very experiential person. I like to experience everything good, bad, indifferent. You know, I, it's, I've been a, obsessed with, experiencing things my entire life and that sometimes gets me into trouble sometimes it doesn't but in wrestling like i you know, i, I want to do everything and there's lots of stuff that i haven't done that i still want to do um and stuff that i don't know i want to do but as we go it will reveal itself and that's kind of the cool part of the journey is and it goes back to the terry funk thing i'm always going to be eric young but the wrestling business is going to change and opportunities are going to open up and things are going to present themselves in different ways. And I'm going to have a chance to learn and, and perform and do those things in real time. But yeah, as far as, of course, you're nervous, right? Like, you know, no one has seen or heard from me in nine months. You know, are they going to care? You know, are diehard Impact fans going to be mad because I left in the first place, which I can tell you I never wanted to do. And Scott told me he would beat me up if I didn't leave. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, 
it's funny how things work out. You know, I just had a gut feeling that leaving was kind of a mistake. And I don't look at it as a mistake, but I think that was the universe in my gut, which has always kind of steered me well, saying, you're going to come back or something's going to happen. And and it did. And uh, like I said, the universe stepped in and grabbed the rudder and I'm exactly where I want to be and exactly where I'm supposed to be. Well, I did appreciate the outcome, the Wolves reference that the commentator made during that match, which I felt it right here. So, yeah, I can yeah. well, carry the two of the best in the business. Uh, you know, Tom Phillips is, you know, likely too good for all of us is the the reality of it. And, um, you know, having the, the outcome, the Wolves gear that I wore against Jay White in New Orleans, he's well aware of that. Um, he knows everything about everybody. He's just such a talented guy. Him and Matt both, and they play off each other well. Um, the new music and new entrance is super cool, and we're, like, diving into that right now. And it, it's going to get better. Like, we've, we've made a bunch of changes already to it. And uh, it's exciting, man. It's, it's like I said, that that process and figuring that stuff out is it's a drug. It's an irreplaceable drug. Now... I my, I had this great question, and then I get sidetracked by the outcomes of Wolf stuff, which you know is always geeks out when my good friend Lars gets referenced or anyone comes up with with that kind of gear. And I trust me, I know I've been to your house, your palatial estates, and you know I've had to go through the gates and all that stuff. <laughs> I just wish you were home when it happened. Uh, me too. So, me too. <laughs> I've used your bathroom. I've been <laughs> to the Eric Young Mansion. Okay, no. Uh, but going back and, and jumping into this, and, and knowing you want to experience anything, and being in a company that basically uses every part of the person in that company to make it better, do do you have these plans to maybe slide into the producer's role? Maybe do more office work for Impact? Is I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to ask you if you're under contract, but what are, what are your, your, your roles that you want to accomplish now back at impact for what the third time now? Yeah. Third time. Um, yeah. I don't have plans. I mean, to be honest, um, it's just how crazy as someone that's over 40 years old, I, I don't plan out too much. You know, I don't, I don't think too far ahead because the truth is I don't, I don't have any say in what's going to happen. And I think people that think that they do are kidding themselves. And uh, I don't want to think about that. I want to think about right now. And because right now is what's happening. This is this is the gold right now. What's happening right now, the three of us sitting here talking. Like, I'm not worried about what people are going to think I'm going to say or what cash questions are you guys are going to ask me in the future. I'm thinking about the answer to what I'm talking about right now. And um, as far as producing and stuff, I think it's something that I could be interested in. Um, Scott kind of had asked me, and there's a few guys that do it uh, and work. And, and I can say that I don't have the bandwidth and I don't have the energy and I don't have the ability to do both. It's it's both of them are very taxing and require a lot of, for me, how I approach things. It requires a lot of thinking and a lot of brain power, which I have limited amounts of. And I can't, <laughs> I just... I just can't do both. And, you know, in the future, uh, I think it's something that, you know, we could cross that bridge. Uh, as far as contracts go, I, I'm under an agreement with Scott right now, and we're working on it. There's actually some really cool stuff that will probably come out in October, uh, November, about um, an opportunity I have with Anthem and with Access. Um, 
So the deal's really complicated and that's why it's kind of taking so long, but I will definitely be there up until the emergence pay-per-view in Toronto and uh, hope to be past that as well. But I, I would, I would be very surprised if we don't work something out. Do you think that now that you've sort of are back, I, in my opinion, sorry, back where you belong uh, with impact, uh, you know, it seems like, like we were talking about earlier, the trajectory of that company seems to go up and up. It might not be like, you know, a fucking rocket ship, but it, every year I feel like it just it kind of keeps taking that one step, um, that, that next step. And I don't really see it as the bastard little brother anymore. I see it as an equal playing field with the others. But, I, you know, obviously there are some, some, some things that maybe hinder it from becoming what it needs to be. And I'm sure that's all going to probably worked out in the future. But do you feel like that the impact wrestling is kind of where you belong? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, the company I left to go was different when I signed signed there, right? November 1st. It was ran by different people, operated by different people, and had a completely different purview and was owned by different people. And now it's owned and operated by different people that I'm not willing to work for. So I don't belong there. You know, I belong uh, with impact. And like you said, is it's my home. I mean, it's, it's where I've spent, you know, three quarters of my career has been spent there. And um, I, it's definitely something that I bonded to. It's very special to me. It, it's given me this opportunity to live this amazing life. Uh, like, you know, you heard Dennis talk about my mansion, <laughs> which I do not have. Uh, but I mean, I come from nothing, right? I come from this tiny little town in the middle of Southwestern Ontario. Um, you know, I was, you know, we were never, I guess, poor, but like, you know, just very modest upbringings. And my mom and dad worked hard for everything they had. And that's how I saw my life. And it's not that I don't work hard. It, it's just, I, I live in a very nice home and certainly not a mansion. Um, but it's crazy that pro wrestling has paid for this all. And the level of comfortability I have in my life. And like I said, the most important thing to me is I got to make a decision to walk away from life altering money from the place that I've dreamed of working my whole life, because I don't need that money. I mean, I'm 43 and I could probably retire right now if I felt like it, which I do not. Thank God. Yeah. You don't feel that way. Cause I enjoy you. You're one of the salt of the earth people. Uh, every time I've come across you, you've been more than friendly than you should be with me. Lars will even tell you, you shouldn't be friendly with me. I'm like an animal. You feed me once. I don't go away. Whole thing. Yeah. But um, he eats a lot. <laughs> he eats a lot. <laughs> you know, you, you talk about the time off and the transition and that you don't think too much into the future. But goddamn, this Eric Young character keeps evolving at this amazing pace. If you don't look too far into the future, how do you, I guess, plan out or or figure out how you're going to transition into the, the next iteration of Eric Young? Yeah, I view I view like pro wrestling storytelling. It's like you're building this onion, right? Like each week is this other like thin layer that you put on top of the other layers that you've already done. So obviously, because I've been on TV for you know almost you know, over two decades, which is wild to say that onion is obviously thick and how pro wrestling fans 
I think kind of work now is it's not so much about your wins and your losses as it used to be because everybody's kind of in on on what's going on. It's about your credibility and it's about your cachet and your kind of like you have this like kind of invisible bank account that you've been putting stuff into. And over time, as you are successful and you do things right and people like the things that you do, you build up this cachet where they trust you in these certain positions. Like when I worked Joss Alexander at Slammiversary a year and a half, or, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, it was like, I wasn't really in the world title picture when we started that angle, but like I won like a gauntlet and then I beat, you know, a couple guys and then, and I had already been the world champion twice before. So it's believable. And that's that kind of credibility that I built over time. And, and every wrestler has to do that. And as far as like looking into the future, I'm not thinking about the 30 layers later that I'm going to get to because that could all be derailed with injury or the, the next layer of the onion I put on doesn't go right. Doesn't go how I want it. Cause it doesn't always go that way. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, how do we, how do we rebound from this? What, what kind of layer do I want to add to this next to build this big, perfect onion? That's, it's a weird cliche, but that's how I look at it. I'm not thinking about the, the layer I'm going to put on in a month. I'm thinking about the, the layer I'm going to put on right now. That's going to add to this ongoing story. And how long that story is, is going to be dictated by the fans' approval, the office's approval, um, and, and if it's working. If it's working, they'll keep doing it. And if it's not, you'll disappear, and then you have to reinvent yourself. And that's definitely happened to me, too. So it's uh, constantly evolving. So thinking about too far in the future is silly because things change overnight. That's you my know, I'm on this. Fair enough. I'm on this group text thread with a bunch of pro wrestlers and other people just fans of pro wrestling. And obviously, you know, the world lost exotic Adrian street. And yeah. I mean, here's a guy who really pushed the envelope for the time and took a lot of things a step forward uh, before anybody. Now, when I think about his stature, cause he was small in size, right. But he was tough as nails. And I think about, today's modern pro wrestling and how maybe Adrian would probably fit in. Actually, you know, if you, if you look at what we have out there, there are snapshots of Adrian and a lot of different guys, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. In your opinion, you know, I don't know, you know, if you've ever like sat and like, I've got a, a comp with a lot of his matches and I actually been, been watching them over the last, since the news broke yesterday and uh, or the day before or whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and I was kind of looking at his style and I was thinking, man, this, the, he would have really worked in today's modern environment. Now I want to know your opinions on that. And also what company do you think he would be best suited for? Yeah. I mean, obviously at the time, like he was in that kind of a gimmick, almost a pioneer, you know, like in North America anyways, and probably what you said is not being this kind of hulking massive person is what held him back it had nothing to do with interest or skill or, or anything like that it's just everyone then was humongous right like i mean he he would be bigger than probably half of the guys that work today but back then he was definitely on the smaller size and that probably held him back plus i think you know wrestling was very kind of cut and dry you know good guy, bad guy. And he was definitely that, but 
the the character itself was one society wise like was pretty frowned upon and not open to someone like that being on television i would imagine there was tons of pushback and i think probably in the wrestling world as well you know tons of pushback you know showing this alternative lifestyle showing this man wearing makeup you know you know i i think it's awesome and you know it's it's neat to think about pro wrestling was kind of he was definitely probably held back because of it but he was still someone that most wrestling fans knew and how inclusive wrestling was before inclusion was the thing anywhere else in the world and uh i think that's really cool a, a really cool thing about pro wrestling obviously there was tons of you know homophobia and racism and like you know it's that stuff still exists today unfortunately but thinking back to that time like he was so far ahead of his time and it's so neat to think about where he would fit and i think someone as good as he was he could have worked anywhere he wanted you know and with that gimmick he you know i i think he would get to choose and i think it would be even more over the top right like back then that was considered very over the top he wore eyeshadow but he still worked and did everything like he was right. just a pro wrestler it was just the the wearing of the clothes and the flamboyant mannerisms and like kind of how he moved around the ring and stuff like that so yeah it's uh i think he could have fit in anywhere and i think you're probably right where he would probably be more successful today because that stuff there's not as much restrictions just in society in general and especially in pro wrestling yeah i mean just to to kind of you know uh add to that you know when you look at like gold dust or yeah. you know any of these other guys from there. I mean, it's like, if you look at Goldust, that's Adrian Street. Yeah. Times 10 to, to a certain to next degree. level. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just think it's like where we're at now, it would just be, I, I, it would be amazing to see, but that's what this text started. That's what we've been talking about. So it's, thank you for that opinion. No, that's fascinating. I will now shut up. I will shut up. You know, I kind of want to take this in a slightly different way, and you and I have a lot in common. We have kind of opposite career paths where I went from fantasy football into wrestling. You've gone from wrestling into fantasy football, fantasy sports. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like the Eric Young wrestling persona has carried into broadcasting for fantasy sports, or do you have like a different type of Eric Young you portray when you do this other thing? Yeah, I, 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 I'm certainly outdoor shows. When you I, I'm certainly there. not a character, right? Like on the outdoor show, it was like a very turned up. Like that's the version that you see when I'm like twelve beers deep at a party, right? That, but except it was <laughs> it was the whole time on the on the fishing show, and that's what the idea of the show was. It was this broed out, you know, guy show, drinking beer and cracking jokes. Um, it was weird, uh, and I Animal Planet and Discovery didn't see it coming, but it was very viewed by women as well. It, it was one of the highest rated shows on a Discovery or on Animal Planet um, for the the woman woman's demographic from eighteen to thirty five, which was really cool because that's certainly who we weren't we were not making the show for them, <laughs> um, you know, at all, you know, and and it, it ended up doing very well. Um, but as far as like, I'm certainly not screaming and yelling when i'm doing uh fantasy sports stuff it's it's uh it goes back to kind of what i said earlier is pro wrestling has opened all these doors and uh because of being on television and you know having six hundred thousand social media followers like smaller fantasy places wanted me to be on their show because 
I brought my own audience, you know, like whether I was good at it or not. And that can be argued because it's all subjective. Um, but being a, you know, a quote unquote celebrity allowed me to do these other things that I'm very, very passionate about. I, I've played fantasy sports for 18 plus years and uh, I love it. Like I'm obsessed with it. And I think knowledge wise and, and advice wise, I can go toe to toe with anybody. And I don't call myself an expert. I always refer to myself as an enthusiast uh, because there is no expert in gambling. If they were, then they wouldn't be sitting here telling you what to do. They'd be millionaires. So it's, uh, it is cool. And that's like, for me, the coolest thing about my career is all of these other things that I've been able to do, whether it's the fishing show, whether it's fantasy sports, like I, you know, I've been in commercials, I've done some voiceover work. Uh, like I said, I've got a, a really super cool project. We can talk about it when we get off of here. I just can't say it yet because we don't want the secret to get out. But uh, it's, it's, that's my favorite part is it's opened all these doors and I love jumping through those doors, man. I, I want to, I want to do everything. I don't have the time or the skill to do it all, but I want to try it at least. I guess for my last question of the evening, you know, you sort of come back and you made such an impact, no pun intended, but you're kind of back in this top, top spot. And it seems like with, with impact wrestling, it's very old school. It's like, you know, after this finish with whoever you're, um, uh, you know, of a feuding with or whatever, then it kind of go, you start to kind of go back down the card and work your way back up and then back down. It's a very old school way of, of doing these things. Um, you know, what is, as far as your personal achievements in this company, you've pretty much done everything you kind of could do. Yeah. Now, is there, is there one thing that we're missing that you're like, I need to do this before I can walk away a happy man? I mean, for me, like you said, like, you know, as far as winning belts, like I can say when I first got into wrestling, I, it was never a goal. And that's, that's just the honest truth. My only goal when I got into wrestling in 1997 was I wanted to sign a contract so I could tell people, this is what I do for a living. And I accomplished that in 2004. I've been employed other than three months. Most recently, I've been employed ever since. And uh, that's, that's the only goal that I ever wanted to accomplish. Winning world titles and tag titles and the X title and TV titles and uh, you know, NXT tag titles, all that stuff is just gravy as far as I'm concerned. And it's awesome. And and it's, you know, some of those memories I, I will think of until the day I die. Um, as far as what's next is, is like I said, is, is wrestling changes. And when I, I accomplish this next thing, it's always, okay, what's the next thing that I want to do? And what's most important to me right now is being being given that responsibility of having to perform and have to deliver and when you're farther up the card and when you're put in position to talk or to you know shoot six minute vignettes or or do these things that's you know hundreds and thousands of dollars have gone into this decision millions of dollars have gone into this decision i don't take it lightly it, it's that the responsibility of a company depending on me is what i crave and whatever that is, whether it's comedy wrestling or, you know, I was wrestling women before it was cool and, you know, world champion or tag champion or the guy that opens the show that night, whatever it is, um, I want to do the best that I can do because the reality is impact doing well means I do well. And, and that's what I want most is we're all in this 
we're all our own business, every pro wrestler, but impact is it's very singular in the way like you feel that everyone is pulling the rope in the right direction. And if we're not all doing that together and at the same time, this place can't grow. And it is growing. You know, Slam Anniversary, I don't know how they figure this stuff out, but I was reading this thing. Someone sent it to me. The buy rates for Slam Anniversary was up 215%. I don't know how that's possible. I don't, 215% isn't a real percent. There's nothing higher than 100, but they said 215%. This last Thursday, me and Nick Aldis in the main event is the highest rated impact in over 18 months. So those are feathers in my cap. I, that makes me feel good because that means impact is going to do, which means in turn, I'm going to do good. And my friends are going to do good. And the company is going to grow. And that's the goal. Whatever, whatever it is that they want me to do, the number one goal is to grow this thing that I believe in, in my heart and in my soul. Okay. I, I know I said that was my last question, but I lied. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of deathmatch wrestling. Oh, this is this is just a yes or no question because I'm going to ask something right on top of that. Would you ever do a full blown death match? Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, it it it's part of wrestling. It's like uh, almost like a culture inside of a culture, right? It's uh, and that's fascinating to me. Yeah, it's certainly not a way that I would want to make a living. But I would say, as far as on television goes, I don't know how you could get closer than me and Sammy Callahan. Right. They, you know, half the half of the match they didn't even show because they I know I, I understand. And I know that like what you've done with Sammy Callahan. Yes, it was a death match wrestling, a wrestling match to it, you know, obviously. But I mean, I'm talking about pure like some of these guys, you know who I'm talking about, because I know you're sure. not a dummy. But yep. like, would you go that far? Yeah, I, I think if the opportunity was right, you know, and there's lots of things that have to fit in with that whether it's you know the financials uh you know the, the level of show i'm certainly not going to do something like that in front of 45 people which goes on right. it goes on all over the world i'm, I'm not interested that doesn't do me any favors but you know something like a, like a gcw or you know something like that that's something that i would definitely be interested in exploring for sure i i can say that i don't know if in wrestling i've ever said no to anything to be honest uh if i have i don't remember it which is that happens often. Uh, I don't have a very good memory, but I don't remember saying no to anything that I've ever done. Okay. I've worked with people that I, I hate and well, I, I, dis, I dislike. So yeah, I've never really said no to anything. That's funny. I work with people I hate. Okay. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. If you know. say that you don't, you're a liar. You're a liar. You, I, I've got, two-parter and then we'll end the show uh question number one uh from start to end to where you are now what was that moment where you you just breathe and said all right i'm good i'm 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 either doing something or everything's about to look up that 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 one moment whether you walked through the curtain or got in the arena or got back into the ring for the first time after nine plus months what was that breath what moment was that uh, you know, I mean, there there is a, a bunch of those, you know, and uh, like I said, like the target changes, right? As you accomplish one thing, the target moves and it goes up. Like, obviously, the first contract I signed, the same one that Bobby Roode signed, the same one that our short friend from Canada signed, the same one that Johnny Devine signed was for four episodes. And it was for the World X Cup in 2004. Four, four episodes. That's how long the World X Cup was. And that was my first contract. And that was like, okay, I did it, you know, 
I did it for four weeks. This will be my job. And I can say that this is my job for four weeks. Then the target changes. Well, then I'm like, well, then I'm going to do something awesome and I'm going to work my ass to the bone. So they give me a contract. We give them no choice. And that's what we all did. Team Canada became, you know, four of the most hated characters on the show. I don't know what Canada ever did to the United States, except for give you awesome beer and maple syrup, but they hated us. They absolutely hated us. And it's your beat, it's your beady little eyes. <laughs> that's probably what it is. It's my beautiful beady blue eyes. And uh then it was like, okay, well, then I want to sign a deal. So after those four weeks, they offered us a full-time contract. It was like, I think a two-year, you know, a certain amount of appearances. Um, and then it was like another breath of relief. And then I was like, well, now I want to get a raise and I want to sign a longer contract. And then I did that. And then it was like, well, I, I want to win a world title. And then we won the NWA world tag titles. Now my name is in pro wrestling history and no one can erase it. If I died the next day, I could have been happy with how my career went. My name is attached to a world title that has lineage that goes back over a hundred years. That can't be removed. Then I won a singles title. Then I won my first world title, which, you know, is probably the number one for me. Um, never a goal. Mine is something I think I was always capable of, but even in that moment, it was kind of surreal. The The position I was and how quickly like this, this kind of like, rocket ship rise from being kind of like the the comedy guy to winning the world title happened in, in a very short amount of time so yeah it, it's just the target is constantly moving so that you know the target for me right now is to do the best that i can to help bring eyes to a company that i love um and being part of a product that i believe like i believe in in my soul and that is rare you know that's you could you could petition people in the big company and i would say that there's it's probably under 80 percent that believe in what they're doing and mm. that's sad man it's a sad existence and uh i didn't want to be part of that so I, I i'd rather be something where some where i'm doing something that i'm proud of do i agree with everything that goes on no but that's it's art you know in the end it's art and i think uh it's growing like you said lars like it's not on a rocket ship by any means but there's these micro growths you know getting overseas and you know going to do this uk tour and the first time back there in eight years or nine years or whatever it is so it's 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 exciting man to be part of something like that and and being what i think is a pretty big part of it and finally to wrap this up quick question it took you about what about a year to come back from your knee injury but it only took you nine months to come back from death how did that work <laughs> what 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 part of your you know immune system didn't let your knee come back quicker than being stabbed to death? Yeah, well, the knee was was five months. So they told me six, but I was back in five, which I really liked. I, I'm not so sure I maybe should have been wrestling, but I wanted to, and I thought it was fine uh, with the brace on. Um, nine months after being uh, quote unquote killed, it, the truth is, is like you never saw it happen. You didn't see the body. Right. There was no funeral. And I can say this, this Thursday on Impact, uh, there will be a very, very special video explaining that whole thing. And we shot it the other day cool. and I'm, I've barely slept since we did it. I can't wait for people to see it, man. It's going to be something special. Oh, great teaser. Eric Young, as always, this is your third time on the show. Uh, every time you come on, you say some amazing things that make us like you even more. Lars, uh, this was a great first show back for just you and I. I could not think of a better person to invite on. 
Eric Young. By the way, uh, fantasy stuff. Where can people, if they need fantasy advice, I know Lars is a Las Vegas Raiders fan. Do you have any good news? No, for no, 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 Dennis. I'm an Oakland Raiders fan. Thank you. Okay, please. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I'm on the FPN Network. Um, me and my buddy Chris Meany do a show for football called Bet Set Spike. It's definitely, you know, there's a bunch of gambling stuff, but it's all the same. It's a it's a fantasy gambling show about um, about the NFL. Uh, we also do a hockey show called Bet Set or uh, Dangle Bet Selly, which does very well. Obviously, all about hockey. Um, FTN is it's another place. It's small, um, but it's just growing like crazy. The amount of subscript subscribers that we have is over doubled of what they were a year ago. So it's uh, just growing like crazy. Those shows can both be seen on an Anthem product called Game Plus Network. Everyone has it. You may not know that you have it, but you have it on your cable or on your satellite. So both of those shows can be seen on there Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, or it can be seen on YouTube or on, on the FDN Network. So if you're curious about any of that and you want to support it, please do. If you're a, a sports lunatic like me, and uh, if you're a, an Oakland Raiders fan or a Las Vegas Raiders fan, you're playing, praying for Josh Jacobs to go back to work, but it doesn't look oh like Oh, my God. Happen. No, Jesus fucking Christ. Any good news? It's going to be a long year for you guys. It, should should Lars be happy about Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, Jimmy. No. Jimmy G is, uh, I think, a capable quarterback. Like, he's not going to reinvent the wheel. Uh, but, you know, neither was Derek Carr. And Derek Carr and uh, Adams had an unbelievable season. Um, I, I think Jacoby Myers, uh, Hunter Renfro being healthy. Um, yep. The big thing is going to be the running game. I, I don't know if it's a, like, I, I think Josh Jacobs is a, probably a top five, if not for sure, top 10 back in the league. And if he doesn't play, it's going to be very difficult for them. Yeah. There you guys go. Eric Young, thank you so much. Uh, we'll say our goodbyes off the air. Goodbye, everybody. Wrestling Perspective, Eric Young. Watch him on Impact. He's back home, and we cannot be more thrilled for him. So thank you so much, Eric, for hanging out with us. Appreciate you guys, man. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.